All right, welcome back to the Health, Love, and Happiness podcast. I have a special guest with me today, and he is known by my family as a but he is Ede Kunle. Yes. Ole Sanye. Yes. Is that good, Ede? Yes. Did I do that, it? That's good. That's oh, good. Oh, look at me, look at me. So just a little background about AK. He's the founder of Limit Lifters Elite Training and Mentorship. He played football for Furman and for the last 10 years has been training adults and children and all people really from young athletes to adults who are recovering from chronic illnesses. He has singly handedly or single handedly put together an amazing team that focuses on training, not just your body, but your mind your body and your soul. So welcome, my friend. I'm so excited to have you you today. Thank you for having me. So I wanted AK to come on today to talk about all things wellness. Like I said, he trains adults and children. So we're going to break it down. We have a lot of conversations sidewise in my car or outside (laughs) my car. And I was like, AK, we got to come on. We got to talk because he's such a just a wonderful role model to my children and to a lot of people in this community. Yes. You're welcome. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you for having me. So, AK, I want to start telling me about your roots. We talk about it a yes. lot, but I want to know, and I know the, the listeners want to know. Tell me <laughs> about yourself, where you're from. Yes. So, my, my full name is uh, Adekunla Oluwa Busayomi Olusanya Akinuga. I'm, so I'm a Nigerian heritage, and uh, in Nigeria, your name has a lot of meaning. And so, my name means God will add joy to your life. And so I was born in the States. I was born in Boston, um, but I grew up mostly in Florida. But inside of my home was very Nigerian in terms of the culture, you know, just how we carried ourselves. I speak my native language, which is Yoruba, which is uh, one of the major tribes in Nigeria. Yoruba. Yep. Yoruba. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, in Nigeria, most people actually speak English. Like it's actually the official language. But just because you have so many tribes and dialects and, of course, colonization and stuff, they settled on English. There's actually people in Nigeria who only speak English. But when you go a lot, there's, there's also a lot of people who speak, you know, different language and dialects, mm-hmm. but it, it's a good mix. But my people, we speak Yoruba. We're from the Yoruba tribe, um, Yoruba oh. land, um, which I think is the best tribe. Obviously, I'm being biased. How many tribes are there? I'll, I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly how many, but I know there's a couple like just major tribes. So the Igbo tribe, okay. the Awusa tribe, the Yoruba tribe, I would say are the three most popular tribes. But there, there's all kinds of tribes. When you say tribe, do you mean like that's like the area they live in? Or is it, are they spread out? Or are they like more like in little villages around? Yes. I would, well, I would say, so it's definitely Yoruba land, which is uh-huh. basically like most of the Yoruba people. And uh-huh. so we do tend to be in a specific area. But there's Yoruba people all throughout the United States, all throughout Nigeria, all throughout Africa. But they're mostly condensed in a certain area. So my, my grandparents currently live in Yoruba land. Um, and it's not like people say, oh, this is Yoruba land, but it's almost as if, like, if you were to take this area, uh-huh. you, you would call it Yoruba land. So it's, gotcha. not like a, it's not an official title, if that makes gotcha. sense. Yeah. That makes sense. All right. So then did you grow up mostly in Florida? Yes. Yeah. So, so I was born in Boston. I moved from Boston. Maybe I was like four or five. My dad had a job, got a new job in, um, in Tampa, Florida. So he moved to Tampa, Florida. And that's where I really started to learn about life and culture. And it was also really interesting because, like, my home was very different than, like, the outside. Just because, like, right where Yoruba, we have this Nigerian culture, even from the food and everything. But everything I'm learning on the outside is a little bit different, right? And my parents, they were adults when they came over here. So they weren't, like, kids, you know? So, like, even though, like, obviously, like, being a kid's being a kid. But it was a very different culture, very different time, very different rule set, very different um, appreciation for life. And so I just felt like... 
I was kind of learning everything like through like a water hose. You know, life was moving very fast. Um, but just growing up, you know, my parents are very big on sports. My parents are very big on discipline. Um, my dad was also in the army. My brother's a captain in the army. So discipline was huge in my house. And um, my parents kind of, they kind of raised us with the iron fist. And like now as an adult, when I look back at it, you know, I think they kind of did raise us in fear just because, you know, they're in a foreign country. You know, there wasn't Google and everything back then. And like, they just wanted us to be safe. And they just wanted us to be, you know, good young men. And so they were very strict, kind of kind of typical to like what you would hear, like an Asian household, right? Yeah. School's important. Grades are important. Um, sports were important. Um, but honestly, like I look back at those lessons and, and kind of how I was brought up. And I'm really thankful for all the hard lessons that my parents put on me. And you are one of three boys, right? Yes, I'm the youngest. I'm the youngest. I tend to say I'm my mom's favorite. Um, but <laughs> I will say when we're on the phone, it's just me and her. I'm not going to say what she says, but she has a different answer when we're all together. And I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Your brother's still to hear this. Uh, one of the first times AK and I met, he said, hey, can you guess? Because uh, he knows we have three boys, obviously. He said, can you guess which boy I am? And I'm like, youngest all the way. <laughs> yes. They have a different energy. Yes, for sure. For sure. Okay. And so you started playing football. And no. what other sports? Yeah. So my first sport was actually soccer. Soccer. So my okay. parents said, so soccer is huge in Nigeria. Yep. Like, you know, my parents still call football American football. Um, and so um, when I first came over, so we played off like, you know, rec league, stuff like that, YMCA, little leagues like that. And honestly, like I wasn't like enamored by sports, you know, but I got introduced to it. I started playing it and I had like a lot of success at a young age, but I wasn't this, I didn't like grow up in a house where my parents were like, oh, you're going to play college football. Like I honestly, when I got my first scholarship, Everybody was like, oh, snap, you can get scholarships and go to school for free. Like, I didn't, I didn't know, <laughs> you know. Great. Um, but I started off playing soccer. And then um, from soccer, I was actually, I was really physical. So I got like a lot of yellow cards and like red cards. And a oh, lot of times, AK. <laughs> it this, was, is, <laughs> this is why AK so go with my children. <laughs> I was a referee and, you know, and it wasn't intentional, but I was just like physical, you know. And yep. so I didn't start playing football until my seventh grade year. Because my brothers just started playing football. And obviously, as a younger brother, I want to do everything that they were doing. Absolutely. And so when they started playing football, um, my eldest brother, he's, so he was born in 1990. So he's about five years older than me. So I never got to play with him. But my middle brother, um, when he was a senior in high school, I was a freshman. And so it was really cool, you know, playing football with him, being on the same team, being on varsity. Awesome. I was only freshman on varsity. So I definitely was feeling myself when I was, in a, <laughs> when I was a freshman. Um, but yeah, just playing. And then, you know, as I played, I started to fall in love with it, started getting into the weight room. And then my sophomore year, I got my first scholarship. I was like, oh, dude, people want to pay me? Great. Cool. Like, you know, now, obviously, nowadays, kids are actually getting paid for real, you know, but back then, they just paid for your scholarship. So when I started getting scholarships my sophomore year, just kind of started to dive more into it. I stopped playing soccer just so I can kind of focus on one sport. What um, position did you play? In soccer or football? Football. Um, so in football, growing up, my I don't first, know anything about soccer. You could tell me and it go straight <laughs> over my head. I got you. So when I first started playing, I played like I think I played I played defensive line. I think you know I wasn't like a necessarily like a like a tubby kid, but yeah, like I, but I had aggressive. size. Like I'm the smallest one in my family. Like so my brothers are are big. Like I'm I'm a, I'm a shrimp in my family. I'm not really a shrimp, you know. You're but not. Um, <laughs> no, but my brothers are massive. My dad's tall, and so I started off playing on the line. And then my eighth grade year, like I kind of like I kind of was tubby, like you know I had that baby yeah. fat, but it yeah. wasn't until my eighth. I think I I left seventh grade tubby and I came back with abs. You know it was like yeah. a transformation. So I started playing defense. What happens back, with puberty, right? Which is why I'm trying to tell a lot of these uh, kids. All of our children, <laughs> they need to hear this yeah. every day. Yeah, and so I played cornerback, and so my freshman year I played cornerback as well, okay. and then I ended up playing. So pretty much over the course of high school, I played uh, any all the defensive back positions. So cornerback, safety linebacker and then when I got to Furman I was recruited at the safety so I played safety my first two years 
And then we kind of switched the defense up and I ended up playing linebacker for my last two, three years at Furman. Okay. Awesome. Yes. What really pushed you to go into after, did you fall in love with athletics and Hmm. training and what really pushed you to go into this area? Did you fall in love during college or? Huh. You know what? I don't really know if I loved football. Um, I think football is just a vehicle for me. Like I do love pushing myself and testing myself and which is why I fight right now. Um, But I just, I just love like testing myself and I love being able to just see where my skills are at. And so as I started to play football, like, I don't know, I just, I just fell in love with kind of, not like, not like in a negative masculine way of like proving myself, but I, I don't know. I just wanted to know that how, how, how good am I, how good yeah. am I in this? And I just like competing, you know, yeah. it's because I am a competitor. I worked really hard, right? If it was in the weight room, worked hard in the weight room, right? If it was on the field, I worked hard on the field. I just really tried to hone my body. Like I would always do extra push-ups and sit-ups and work at home. And I just fell in love with kind of the grind of trying to be successful. Do you think that that's a skill that we're lacking, that grit, that grind? Do you see that? Yeah. Um, I would say, I would say for sure, definitely when I, I think, especially with like social media and stuff, like everything seems so instant. Like if I can't pick up this baseball skill, whatever your sport is immediately, a lot of kids tend to shy away, you know? And this is also why I love, I'm kind of all over the place, but why, why I like strength training is because you can really put kids in the fire because life doesn't happen instantly, right? And success is not a linear curve. A lot of times you're on the mountain, then you're in the valley. And so I just feel like a lot of times, like people think that, hey, if I just if I try it today, I can get better, and if I and if I'm not good today, then it's not for me, which is not true, right? Whether it's being a mother, whether it's a new job, whether it's sports, like you have to be willing to suck. I just feel like nowadays a lot of people aren't willing to suck. Like they're just like, oh, if I'm not good at it, I quit, yep. which which I think is detrimental because in life, if you everything is just about consistency. When you start off something, it's very rare that you'll be really good at it. Well, and. Yeah. And we, and we have this conversation a lot and I have this conversation with clients I work Mm -hmm. with a lot is consistency. And I think a lot of people want this magic, just pill or this magic solution. And it's not, it's consistency, but it's not just for wellness. Mm -hmm. Like you were saying, and I think it's such a great service that you do to these children because a parent can say that all day long and they look at us like we're crazy. (laughs) But when AK comes and brings it, you know, it starts to really evolve. Um, how do you see, do you see yourself as a mentor for these children and, yeah. and the people you train? Yeah. And, um, I do. And for sure, I think, especially when I first started, like I didn't necessarily have the best view of myself. I don't mm-hmm. know. I just feel like, I don't know. I don't really know if I really loved myself and I thought like that sounds weird, but like, I didn't really like growing up, like especially my parents <laughs> were so focused on, um, um, my, it's all right. We won't bite him, <laughs> but <laughs> Growing up, um, you know, my parents were always like, there's a two-edged sword. And I feel like, especially with parenting, I talked to a lot of parents about parenting styles. No home can give you everything. Nope. Like, no home. Like, you know, your parents can be, like, your parents can really love you and they can kind of, you know, teach you about sharing your emotions, but they can only give you the skill that they have. And I feel like my parents had a lot of good survival skills. You know, my parents are really good at hard work and discipline, but my parents weren't necessarily the most affectionate. And when I was a kid, I, I wasn't like conceptualizing that and I didn't think I was missing out on anything. But now as a married man and someone who's going through relationships, I realize that like there's some soft skills that I that I didn't gain. If that if that makes sense. That makes total sense. Yeah. And so like oh actually I just lost train. What was your question? I don't know. Gosh, I was so into your story. Just two people ADD to share in time. Oh, mentoring. I don't know. We're two ADHD people. Sorry, guys. I was all innate of mentoring. Where do you see yourself as a mentoring? Yes. Mentor. Okay. Sorry. So when I first started, I feel like I had like kind of imposter syndrome, you know, because I'm talking about some of these things and honestly, and I've had 
as much as my parents did for me, I have some some bad things that I've done in the past, you know. Mm-hmm. And so when I first started, I didn't really see myself as a mentor. You know, like I always knew that mentorship was important and trying to teach kids was important. But when I first started, I really was just focused on sports. Like obviously, like I wasn't withholding information. And if something came up, I would talk to a kid. But it wasn't until 2020 in the in the height of COVID that really, I mean, honestly, I was taking a shower and I had like a vivid, I'm a big believer in God and I'm very spiritual. I just had a, a vision that said, hey, you're going to change the destiny of a lot of kids and you're going to start in Greenville. And at that point, like, I wasn't really thinking about any of that. I thought it was just like a random thought, but that thought, it wouldn't escape me. You know, I just kept thinking about it and thinking about it. And I started to realize, you know, obviously sports is important. Obviously it's really good and it's fun for you to be good in your sport. But if you don't address your mindset, which applies to everything in your life, you know, as, as important as sports is, it's just one focal point. But if I can change my mindset, it can help me in my marriage. It can help me in sports. It can help me at work. It can help me with my children. And so when I started to think about that, I was like, wow, I am a mentor. And sometimes you're a mentor whether you want to be or not, right? If you're a leader and sometimes if you have skills or success, people will look at you. And when I started realizing that people were, were looking at me and watching at me, I felt like I owed it to myself and to other people to kind of walk in a better light and to be a mentor to people who came around me. Do you see the kids struggling I see some of my kids, my own children and friends struggling with the idea of just being perfect all the time and never making mistakes. I know in our household, it's all, I always try to communicate, hey, I made mistakes growing up. Yeah. I make mistakes as an adult. We all make mistakes. It's really what you do afterwards. And what I see a lot of times is you make a mistake or like you said, strength training. You can't do it and then we fall apart, yeah. right? And yeah. you see that and try to work on that with... Not just children, I think adults too. Yeah, with adults as well. I, I'll speak about adults, but I really want to speak about kids because yeah. I, I don't, I'm not in everyone's homes. So I don't know what's being taught. But sometimes like, I feel like a lot of times parents forget they were kids. And sometimes like, yeah. you, you, held, you hold your child to a standard higher than you held yourself. And not because you're trying to intentionally be mean, but like, you haven't been a kid for 30 years. You know? So you kind of forget where your mindset was. And I think sometimes, like, even my parents, like, my parents were awesome, but they're always correcting me. So I always felt, and sometimes when you're always correcting someone, you're also telling them that they're never right. They're never you know? right. And they're so, never good. And yeah. so, yeah, so you're constantly, constantly trying to improve, trying to be perfect in this. If you look at sports, right, especially at Furman or a high level, if you're a professional athlete, your coaches are critiquing every play, your teammates are critiquing every I – mean, everything is it's always a critique of yourself. And you forget that in life, one, there's supposed to be grace, right? And you can't be perfect in everything that you do, especially when you're starting out. And so sometimes, you know, with our kids, like I'll purposely put them through something – that I did when I was in college, something that I know they can't do, but I do want to see how they respond to adversity. And just, I feel like a lot of times in this culture, and I don't know if it's social media, I don't know if it's a, con- a lot of kids happen to compare themselves, you know, to other kids, yeah, and to I think this it's person. Adults too. Adults too. And like, people just have to understand that one, your gift is your gift, right? Whatever God gave you, like, it's up to you to maximize it and to use it in a way that is beneficial for you and your community. But you're not going to be perfect. And we have to stop trying to make people perfect. Just remember that we're humans, right? We're imperfect. And so I just feel like the more that we challenge people and the more that we get people to understand that, look, it's not going to be perfect. You're going to have some really bad days. Like I actually had a conversation with my wife before I came here that made me a little bit late. And it was because I was trying to be perfect in every single thing I was doing. But dude, if you try to be perfect, like you're going to overload yourself. And so just trying to get people to understand that life is gradual. There's a step. And if you've been making mistakes, especially as an adult for the last 10 years with your diet, you can't expect that in week one, you're going to hit every single macro and every single number that you're supposed to hit. So just just people finding grace instead of finding perfection. Yeah, I, I work with people. And that's, I mean, everyone who listens to my podcast and knows me, that's what I work with mainly. Because uh, mainly I work with women and I feel yeah. like there's a lot of perfectionism. But I do feel like 
and this is a passion of mine too, is working with, with children and helping them grow, develop, not like just around their wellness, but their mindset as well. And I'm not saying Tyler and I do a perfect job of it, but we've worked really hard. And I think a lot of times parents go into parenting and they're like, I got this. I'm the parent. I'm in the control. And really, I always go back to saying like, you will only be as good as you allow yourself to grow in parenting. And I will, I will say there's been nothing in my life that makes me grow more than raising Preston right. Crane. And yeah, they'll definitely make you grow. <laughs> I mean, there'll be days where you think you just suck at yeah, life. Yeah. And if you're raising teenagers, they'll tell you yeah. you suck at life too. Yeah. So there's <laughs> right. that as well. But I do think it's such a, a beautiful trait, like you said, to focus. I don't think a lot of people even tell their children, let's focus on what, you know, whether you believe in a, whatever you believe in. Yeah. But in our house, like, let's focus on what God has given yeah. you. And then also that grace part, I yeah. think is such a beautiful message yeah. for children because I do see this. Like you said, I don't, I don't really know why it is. Mm-hmm. It, maybe it's social. I mean, we could dive into that too. Social media, just the way it is. But I do feel this. I see the kids with this crazy amount uh, of pressure. Got to get a scholarship. This kid got a scholarship. I got to get a scholarship. Got to get a scholarship. I'm I nine years old, but I need a scholarship. I'm nine and I'm going to play college ball. And, you know, and you know this, you're a college athlete. My Both my siblings were college athletes. Mm-hmm. I said I was just going to have a good time. Um, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, I've seen that. I'm good. Um, but it's not necessarily, that's me, it's not necessarily all rainbows and butterflies, yeah. right? Yeah. Like you said, you get critiqued all the time. Yeah. It is a, a buttload of work. It yeah. is like, how, how can you manage academics and college? But I see that, I don't know if you see a lot, but it's all like, hey, I'm, I want them at age 10 to play college. And I think setting them up because whether or not they are, they're saying it out loud, they feel it. I think they feel it from the parents. Do you see that a lot? Yeah. And and I wonder why it is. There was a time that I almost got sick. listening to a parent. The parent wasn't being mean, but basically like the parent was just, they were basically like um, comparing them to like other star athlete players who go to clubs. And Uh it was killing me because I could feel the pressure. Like a lot of times people don't understand that the pressure that they put on people, like, you know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not like I'm trying to pressure my son. I'm trying to pressure this person. But just because someone's not trying to pressure you doesn't mean they don't feel pressure, right? Exactly. It's like with the same thing with kind of a side, a side note, right? But even like with all the racism and stuff that's going on, right? If my, in my experience, every cop I've dealt with is evil, doesn't like black people, mm-hmm. is a race, yada, yada. You could be the nicest cop in the world, yeah. right? When you come to me, You're I'm going to be, I'm going to have fear, right? It's not always reality that matters. It's the perception. Right. And so what I feel like is a lot of people, especially men, they don't have a safe space to fail. Right. They feel like if I don't get it and I don't hit the goal, I'm a failure. Right. But the outcome doesn't determine your success. Right. A lot of times it's about who you become. So let's say maybe your son is he wants to really become this college baseball player and he wants to be an all star. There's nothing wrong with dreaming. Right. I encourage everyone to dream big. Right. I have some kids who are like they're like five, four, like I'm going to dunk. And I'm like, <laughs> by God's grace, you know. If but, you guys read today, he's playing in the NFL. Yeah. I'll just let you know. Yeah, but <laughs> without having a without having a safe space to fail, you feel like if I don't get to the if I don't get that outcome, I'm gonna fail, right? But if my son right. is trying to become a college baseball player, okay, he might not become a college baseball player, but he's gonna learn hard work. He's gonna learn grit. He's gonna learn how to work with people he doesn't like, which is super important. He's gonna learn how to have a goal and to be able to fight the excuse. Like it, it's what he is, who he becomes on the way to the goal. That matters more than just achieving that goal. And I, and I hope that if the kids who are listening or people who are listening, if they could just focus on that, who am I becoming on the goal, right? One of my favorite quotes is by a man named Eric Thomas that says, if you're shooting at the wrong target, even when you hit it, you miss, 
right? And so even as a businessman, if I'm focused on, I just need to make money, I need to make money, I need to make money, I need to provide for my kids, I need to provide for my kids, that's the most important thing. But I make all this money for my kids and I never went to that baseball game and they hate me. I hit my target, but I didn't hit the target that matters. And so and just trying to get people to understand like what's really important. And again, like, yes, I've had goals that I haven't hit that have made me sad, but I know I've become a better person because, because of that. And because of that, I can live a better life. I can now take those same skill sets I was trying to make work in one area and apply them to the other areas of my life. I think you're so right with that. And uh, I think people miss the journey. Yes. I think we miss the steps on the journey. And I, I say to the boys too, it's nothing wrong with dreaming. It's yeah. nothing wrong with having these big goals. If, if, if this game of yours that yeah. you like, because it, it is a game, brings you joy and yes. happiness and you want to grind and you want to work, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with having goals. They're, they're usually not, mine are usually not really out loud about it because they're they're funny with it. Yeah. But that's Reddington, but I think he's just <laughs> her boy. Yeah. But I do think we're missing the steps on the journey. I yep. see a lot of that with adults. It's like we want to go straight, right? like you said, the bullseye, mm-hmm. and we're missing, and our kids are missing the steps. Yeah. And, and how, like you said, sometimes you're going to have – you know, peaks and you're going to have valleys yeah. when you're in the valley, it really sucks. Yeah. And I can say that. And also watching your kids as a parent being mm. valleys sucks worse. Yeah. Like I had a conversation with my mom this week. I'm like, that's got to be the worst feeling yeah. in the world. And that's why for me, having mentors in my mm-hmm. children's life, like you yeah. and Parker, that the children that my boys can go to yeah. and find, like you said, they can get whatever here from, from us. But mm-hmm. I'm at the end of the day for your parents. And so I think finding that same spot, like you said, Mm -hmm. that same spot, because when they're training with you, they do fail, right? Yeah. They do fail. That's it. And we encourage failure. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the failure too. Um, One red came home the other day and said, I didn't do very well on this, this test. And I was like, well, you know, you worked hard on it. It's okay. And we can dive into academics. I know we feel the same way about academics, but I think in this age that you have to be, it's just like they come home and it's like, why didn't you get this great? Yeah. Or why didn't you run this fast? And I think it's, it's causing some mental, yeah, exactly. mental damage to our, to our children. Yeah. If you, I don't, do you ever watch, did you ever watch Charlie Brown? Yes. Do you know what Charlie Brown's teacher sounded like? <laughs> and so, and that, I, I love that they did that on that show because honestly, like that's what a lot of parents tell it to their kids and not, exactly. not, not, not being disrespectful, but like yeah. sometimes like. Even when I was a kid, like your dad can say something. And I'm just like, oh my God, dad, Here we please go stop again. talking. Yeah. But as soon as my neighbor tells me, I'm like, oh my God, I've never heard that before. And I feel like as a parent, you know, there is a lot of negativity out there. There's so many things happening that it's not that your your advice is not good enough, but there's so many things counteracting it. You know, if, if you're if you tell your child he's a winner, God's created him, he's beautiful, and then he goes out to the world and people are bullying him for twenty for eight hours and he comes back home, like it, there's a disconnect there. Well, and they don't also necessarily, they're like, you're my mom. Like, you're supposed, you're supposed to. to love me. Yeah. You're my dad. You're supposed to yeah. love me. Um, I, I do that with mm-hmm. my parents now. Yeah. They're like, oh, well, you think I, I'm great because, you know, yeah. that. And they're like, no. Yeah. You know, I think we all have that inner child mm-hmm. in us that that listens, like you said, yeah. to the world and all that. Whether, like you said, whether it's racism, whether yeah. it's bully, whatever it is. Yeah. If you're constantly hearing that, it, mm-hmm. it changes your perception. Yeah to whatever environment you're in. Yeah. And that's why I love what we do because I feel like because like we're far enough re- removed, right? No one feels like I'm telling them I love them because I have to tell them, right? And because like I am, like, I'm not that old, I'm only 28, but because of my age or I'm somewhere in between the parent's age and the child's age, I do have some accolades that 
I personally don't really care about, but I understand the world cares about them. And they, and they, and they, it, it looks like me being a college athlete helps me speak to the, uh, helps people believe the validity of what I'm saying. Right. Because I've been, I've been there and I've done that. Mm-hmm. Right. And because I'm in that position, kids tend to listen to us and like, and I don't have no obligation to be nice to a kid or anything like that. And so when I'm telling them how I feel, I think they know it's real. Like, and they know that, Hey, like, look at this, this adult. Like, yeah, he's not that much older than me, but he's an adult. He doesn't owe me anything. Right. But here he is telling me that I am a winner. I am successful. And like, I love, like, I don't love to see kids cry, but I love when we have those intimate moments when a kid comes in crying and I'm just able to diffuse them. Like sports training is cool. Like, like I definitely like, it gives me goosebumps talking about this, but like sports training is cool. I definitely want to help as many kids go to college and do whatever their goals are and go into the NFL. But if I can help you change your mindset and I can take you from thinking that you suck, because at the end of the day, I have to change your perception of yourself. Like, even if I sell you something, but you don't believe it, it doesn't really matter. The seed that I plant has to take root and it has to be watered and it has to be nurtured. And so if I can get this kid to understand that, hey, I'm a winner. Like, hey, I, I got skills too. That's going to set them up for success no matter what they do. And so when I speak, into, I try to speak life into these kids and I try to make sure that they understand that, hey, like, I'm loved not because anyone owes it to me, but I'm loved because God created me and I have value. And just trying to show these kids that they have value despite the mistakes you make, despite what the bullies say at school, despite your lack of skill on the field, you're loved, right? There's other skills than just being a good athlete. I think that was such a just really significant. You said a statement. You said it matters to the world, but not so much yeah. to me. Um, and you sound a lot like my brother. He played baseball for Clemson. He's a phenomenal athlete. Mm-hmm. And you would never know. Yeah. Like I tell people because I'm super proud of him. And yeah. I think it's awesome. But he's like, at the end of the day, Brady, yeah. that was just a place, you yeah. know, that was just, it, you know, a moment in my life yeah. that doesn't define doesn't who define I am. It, it built his character, like yeah. you said, playing ball built who you are. But yeah. I think it's so interesting this fascination with the pushing the kid. Yeah. And I always tell everybody, I'm like, listen, if one of mine or all of whatever, if they ended up there and yeah. that makes them happy, yes, then great. But also, I also think people think that they should be there like in eighth grade. <laughs> and I keep yeah. telling people, I'm like, I don't know how to tell people this, but I really think we need to like pump the brakes a little bit and understand that everybody develops differently. And I can say this to my children all day long and they argue with me, but I do feel it's like they're getting offers in eighth grade. And it's like, if you haven't made it in eighth grade, then you're, you're not going anywhere. And if you're not not going anywhere in life, right? Plus half those offers aren't real. Like, you know, they're verbal and the, the whole college game is very, very, uh, dicey. I won't make this podcast about like college sports, but they're, there are a lot of people, not all of them. I know a lot of good coaches. I have a lot of good friends who are college coaches and strength coaches and yada, yada. But um, there's a lot of people who are preying on the dreams of kids and they, and they lie to them and lie to parents. And there's a lot of parents who don't know. Like My parents didn't know nothing. Like, you should go to this camp. And we're like, oh, okay. You should do this. You should do that. Like, I had <laughs> no great. idea. Awesome. You know, and it's funny. I was saying about like how I didn't care about like being a college athlete. So I really don't talk about it. Like, I don't yeah. like brag about it. But it's gotten to the point where none of my kids think I play college sports. <laughs> like, literally, they're like, oh, yeah. They're like, oh, Parker. Like, we were talking about fighting. They're like, Everybody's like, Parker fights. Yeah, we're they're, talking about they're, fighting. They're like, they're like, like Parker's a college athlete. He'd beat you. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> I, I was a senior when Parker was a freshman. And they're like, you played football? And I'm like, dude, do I not look athletic? Like, you know. So I don't care, but I do care. You know. Uh, no, I hear you. I hear you. Let's, let's like, go into fighting a little yes. bit. Because I, I know that I love it. I yeah. think it's amazing. I wish one of mine was going to fight. <laughs> my, my my siblings are always like, Reddington needs to fight. Yeah, yeah. If, you know how my household is. Yeah, yeah. Like someone asked me how our day was the other day. I was like, it's like a cage, 
fighting like situation. <laughs> Person coming in with a mark or the busted lip. Like, yeah. yeah, crane hit me. I'm like, yeah, exactly. You right, okay, I can drop him off and AK doesn't judge me. It's fantastic. <laughs> but outside in the world, they're like, oh, especially if I talk to someone who have like a family of like girls yeah. or just one boy, they're like, what is going on? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is what they do. They fight. <laughs> they fight. Yeah. They fight. So how do you get into fighting? Um. So okay. So my brother, when growing up, so we so my, we wrestled. My brother's a really good wrestler. Won a state championship. But unfortunately, he snapped his uh, tibia or bro- he broke a yeah. bone. It's like my mom was like, you guys are done. So I actually grew up wrestling like in fifth grade, sixth grade, okay. seventh grade. And when I was in sixth grade, I was like wrestling like high schoolers. Like I just really loved it. It was really fun. I didn't really know. Only, the only wrestling I knew before that was like WWE and stuff like, like that. So I didn't, I, didn't know, I didn't know it was a sport. You know, I didn't know it was yeah. real. You know, and so that was over with. Um, but I always watched the UFC. Like I watched MMA events like on TV and pay-per-view. And then when I finished playing football, um, I kind of had like, this is like, this is like what I call it the other side of the tape. Like a lot of people like, you know, sports is glorious in college and get all this attention. But what happens when all that gets sucked away from you? Yeah. And if you hold, and if you hold your value in the wrong things, you'll hold your value in people, other people's opinions, right? Well, for since I was little to the time I finished playing college, people were singing my praises and you're really good at this. And you're like, it's like you you kind of get you don't even know that you're addicted to it. It's almost like when you when you eat a bunch of sugar and then all yeah, of a sudden yeah. they start they take sugar away from you. Felt really crappy. Yeah, you start yeah. craving it. And so when I finished playing sports, I just didn't have an outlet. Like I didn't have an and like I said before, like I I've, I've always been in love with just competition and like and just kind of proving myself and just seeing what I'm made of. I feel like the purpose of men, like deep within them, like we want to know are we good enough? And whether it's in sports, whether it's as a husband, whether it's whatever we're doing, we want to know that we're good enough. And so. After I finished playing college, I first started, I went to like nine rounds, did a little bit of cardio kickboxing. Yeah. And then like, you know, people are like, oh, like, oh yeah, you're really good. But I'm like, dude, y'all are like some non-average or non-athletic people like telling me that. <laughs> and so my brother, he picked, he he actually got into fighting. So he was winning all his, a bunch of fights, doing jujitsu and stuff. When we say fighting, like clarify what <laughs> fighting is. Fighting's a sport. I'm not just out in the streets at Connolly's fighting people. Um, because they, talk, <laughs> Connolly's they, because they talk about people. me. Um, but MMA, mixed martial arts. And honestly, okay. this sport is the best sport I've ever done because like you talk about like proving yourself and just the mental the mental conditioning and the mental discipline that's needed to play a sport like team sports are awesome I'm not taking anything away from football but you can hide on the football field you can Absolutely. hide in team sports and sometimes there's a lot of group polarity or group that that maybe I'm not feeling good about myself but all my teammates are hyped boom I get hyped right or I can I call it the power to rent other people's energy right you can do that but in fighting dude it's just you it's just you out there you know and obviously I have teammates that I train with but at the end of the day I'm the only one in the match and so I love fighting. Or I love MMA, whatever you want to call it, kickboxing, because it's like the only place I can hyper focus. Like everywhere else, I'm kind of like, I'm usually like when I'm talking to people and I'm doing stuff, like I'm usually about 90 percent focused. But when I'm fighting, I mean, I'm like 100 percent like focused. Our brains are all yeah, I'm like a, I'm 100 percent into it. And so like I just love fighting for the discipline. Like and the fact that like people can say whatever they want. It's scary to get in a fight. You know, everyone. It's always people who never fight who say they can fight. It's, it's very it's very funny how that happens. But when I like when I'm fighting, it's not about being angry. Like I'm not angry. I'm not like trying. Oh, I'm gonna hurt this person. But it's just I'm playing chess with my body, right? I'm can my mind and my body connect in a way that allows me to control this outcome of me, the person who's in front of me. And, and you're so constantly, your your mental load, you have to be there. Constant. And the thing about fighting too is like very different. Like so, you and I. So for people who don't know, like let's say we're at a practice and we have to do sparring. Sparring is going to be like. Almost like a scrimmage, essentially. If you so, if you know, if you only know it's team sports, it's almost like a scrimmage, right? It's kind of like a game-like atmosphere to where so I'm fighting. But let's say me and person A are fighting. Okay, cool. I won that round. I can go fight person B, and it can be a totally different experience, right? It's really a way for you to authentically express yourself, right? I've had training partners I've been training with for five years, same coach, same environment, same group, 
and we fight completely different, right? Because it's literally just like, I just feel like when you fight, it really shows who you really are, right? It's your style, it's your, it's your skill set. And I can continu- continually test that against different people and different, like I, when I go on vacation, the first thing I do is I look at fight gyms. And I've I'll noticed go, that. I'll, I'm like, dude, anybody's I'll in go Nigeria and he's <laughs> fighting. I was like, what the heck? Dude, any, any continent, any place, like we're going to Florida for Memorial, uh-huh. for Memorial Weekend. The first time, well, I've already established myself in Tampa. So like, I know a lot of fight gyms there, but everywhere I go, I just like to fight. And again, it's not about hurting somebody. It's not about like anger. Like even like when I fight people, like I can fight people in a way I can kick you in the face and not hurt you. Right. It's all, it's all about control and discipline. But at the end of the day, fighting is, it's just martial arts in general forces you to be focused. Right. And football, like it's such a big, explosive, fast sport. Sometimes you can get away with making an error and fighting. It's like the mistakes have bigger consequences, you know? And so because of that, it just made me have a bigger appreciation for life and a respect for the sport. Which is why I think that fighting, especially let's say it's not as mainstream right now, but any sport you're doing, fighting or any type of combat sports is a great addition to add into your into your child's training schedule or program. I was going to ask, so if what would be the first step? If you, some a parents listening to this, where would they go? Um, yeah, so honestly, so there's a lot of so fighting is a very general term, right? It's technically mixed martial arts, and there's all mm-hmm. kinds of forms, right? There's jujitsu, there's kickboxing, there's taekwondo. And like you don't necessarily have to fight other people. Like obviously, I'm a competitor and I actually fight. Like I'm like I'm actually right. amateur fighters. But there's a lot of people who they I practice with and they never fight. Um, but you can easily just depend on what you're looking for, right? Is it self defense? I highly encourage every woman to definitely learn. Well, I was here and saying you're going to be maybe trying to do like yes. some different kick. But I've, I've yes. been on AK for a while. I'm like <laughs> I want to fight. Yes, Tyler yes. thinks it would be really good for me it to get some really of my good. energy out. And honestly, I, I in my experience, women tend to have better technique. You know, guys were just. You're just throwing. Guys are just throwing as hard as they can. Oh. But in my experience, like women, they tend to have better technique because they're not as, like I'm not making a sexist statement for people who are offended easily. Um, but women tend not to be as strong physically. Absolutely. Right? And so because of that, they can't just rely on raw strength, right? They have right. to perfect their technique, which is why whenever I, like, I fight girls, like I always learn something because right. they're always doing things perfectly right, which helps them make up for what they might not have in strength. Do you think it's a healthier outlet to get rid of? Like, I know we all... I, I struggle with like oh. fresh days where I'm like, I'm going to yell at the mm. mailman or something. Yeah. I did yell at yes. the mailman yesterday. Yeah. I asked Tyler, we were on our walk. <laughs> he did the old man shake his head because apparently we're too far on the road. And of yeah. course I was like, what? Yeah. And that's like, maybe I should go get some yeah. of this. No, you should because, well, the science shows too, especially when you get your heart rate super high, this helps you alleviate stress. Yep. So like, I like, I always post my stats online. Um, like whenever I go to practice, whatever, I wear my Apple watch and dude, my heart rate would be like, Oh, your stats are insane. Yeah. That's I'll, why I, I first was like, oh, AP, we got to do this. Man, this is yeah. awesome. My heart rate will get to, like, it's got as high as 199. And for those who don't know, so two, so basically for you to get your max heart rate, it's 220 minus your age typically. And so I'm literally at the max that my heart rate can get. So yeah. 190, 191, 192. And then my average heart rate will be like 150 over the course of two hours. Right. I'll burn like 1,500 to oh, 2,000 calories. You know, calories. and just that type of energy dump, like. I mean, if you have any angry bones in you after that, you need to go see a psychiatrist because like that just kind of helps you dump everything out of your system. So. I do. And, you know, I think, and we can kind of segue into that a little bit. I do think that kids, and I say this to adults mm-hmm. too, we have some, it's a different stress environment yeah. that we live in. Like mm-hmm. you said, the social media, the comparison game. Just, I, I don't, I don't know. Like literally the past three years, I feel like yeah. kind of a weird energy sometimes. Yeah, yeah. People are like angry. Yeah. They're yeah. angry and just like I'll be at Little League games and the mm. people just like lose their crap. And I'm like, dear Lord, just a game. coaches pitch. 
Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> but I, I feel like a lot of people aren't. I always say movement's key for me yeah. because it cycles my energy. And I think when you're stagnant is yes. when things, and this might sound like a little woo-woo, mm-hmm. but when things start kind of like getting all jumbled up in your body yeah. and your brain. Yeah. Um, so do you think it's important for kids especially mm-hmm. ones that are sitting all day yeah. to get that physical activity yes. in. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we actually have a big group of kids, a number of kids who like, they don't play sports, right? But we just want them to be generally healthy to move and exercise. So movement is medicine. And even if you look at the history of humans, we didn't always have cars. We didn't have always have Uber Eats. You just drop food off at your house, right? <laughs> we were, we're, we're naturally nomadic people and we were moving right. around, you know? And so I feel like, Sometimes the comfortability or the ease of technology kind of sabotages us, right? When you're not moving, everything, that's another thing too. So let's say, let's say if you forget exercise for a second. When, everything, when I can get everything instant and I can get everything at my comfort and at my disposal, it's not natural for me to want to work hard. Like that's the one thing too. Like I think a lot Does of push you? I think a lot of kids, like, I mean, kids, I don't want to say kids are lazy, like, but like if everything is easy, and I have this one thing that's randomly hard for me. It's foreign. Like, I'm not going to want to move towards that. Like, why would I want to move towards that? Like, most of, even like me, as hard as I work, like, we want to be comfortable. Like, we want to enjoy ourselves. So I think, like, not only does it teach the wrong habits, but it gets you out of the habit of doing something uncomfortable, which is like, so for instance, like, I don't ice bath every day, but I try to as much as oh, I can because ass. it makes me do something I don't want to do. And guess what? In life, I do a bunch of stuff I don't want to have to do, right? Absolutely. There's times I don't want to go to work, but I have to do it. But if I'm so used to, hey, I don't want to do that so I can just cut it off, that's the habit that I'm building. Well, I think it's that resilience. Yes, I know we absolutely. talk about a lot, and this might offend people, but that's okay. I'm used to offending people. But <laughs> right. um, I say a lot, like our, our kids and Ah, especially our boys. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I will say, you can raise your boys. I'm a big advocate. Raise however you want to do, whatever mm-hmm. you want to do. But I feel like we're entering an era that we're just really soft. Yes. It's like we don't want to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, we, we don't want to be pushed. And if you are, it ends up in tears. And I'm not saying you yeah. can't show emotion. My yeah. kids get upset. I get upset. Every I, day. I, I you cry, should show. I cry. Yeah. I think crying is a good thing to do. And yeah. in fact, that's a tool I had to learn to do because I was a, yeah. a really good crier. But I always tell the boys that too. It's okay. That's not necessarily being yeah. soft. Yeah. That's not being soft. But it's the fact that, like you said, going back to the mindset mm. that we fall apart. Yeah. We yeah. fall apart. Yeah. And the kids fall apart. Yeah. I think, honestly, I think being soft is not being brave enough to confront your emotions. Like, you know, if, if, I'm, if I'm upset about something like that, that's okay. Like life isn't always going to be... Um, rainbows and sunshines, right? Like, but if I'm even like, so especially for men, like if I can't be vulnerable because I'm scared of what you might think of me, that that's not courage. That's cowardness, right? And again, like if you're really that concerned with the people around you judging you, then maybe you need new friends. But at the end of the day, like you have to authentically be yourself because if you have that type of nervousness or you don't trust people, it all becomes internalized. And one thing I've learned about life, especially the last three, four years, you can't do this life on your own, right? And a lot of men, they tend to, like puff up their chest. Oh, I, I can do it. I got it all on my own. It's like, dude, you'll be lonely. You'll be lonely forever. So lonely. And even if you're not lonely, like maybe you have people around you, but the fact that you can't really share what's going on, that'll kill you on the inside, you know? So I feel like, especially in this generation where even like gender roles and like, what's, what's this, what's a man's role, what's a woman's role. And obviously for every home, it's different. Like for instance, in my home, my wife is way more handy than me. I mean, dude, just the other week. She is? Just, yeah, she's Jessica's way more. handy? Dude. That girl, Jessica, can build, that's information that, girl can build, <laughs> that girl can build a kitchen. But like the other day, <laughs> we were sitting in the house and she was like, I'm about to go work on the yard. And I was like, 
Okay, and she's like, all right, you do the meal prep. I was like, cool. I'm gonna be in the AC. Like, this is my skill. Like, but if I'm not confident in who I am, like, oh, well, the world says that I'm a guy and I should be having the shovel and blah 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 blah. I'm like, forget that. In this home, this works for my wife. This works for me. Instead of us trying to live what the world tells us is good and getting frustrated at each other, we can just take the skills that God gave us, right? And so, just understand this: being comfortable with who you are. And understand there's nothing really wrong with who God called you to be, but you just have to own it, you know? Right. I, I see that a lot, too. It's like everybody's trying to be somebody yeah. else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I, it's just like with our family, like I own all of us. I yeah. own our craziness. Yeah. I own every part and piece because that's what, that doesn't make yeah. me a bad mom. And yeah. I go off the handle sometimes. I always love your mother's yeah. stories, too. <laughs> Yeah. AK was like, what'd you say? My mom could cuss me out and love me yeah. up in the same she, time. And she, I was like, oh my God, yeah. she's my soulmate. <laughs> she can cuss me, cuss me out and pray for me in the same sentence. Exactly. I'm like, how does that work? How does she, how exactly like, does that work, mom? She's like, don't worry, just say amen. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> amen. <laughs> amen, mom. We're good to go. But I do feel like we're so busy trying to be somebody else. And I see it a lot with children too, that it's like, we're so busy trying to be something, yeah. somebody else and make yourself yeah. fit into this yeah. box. Yeah. You know, we all like to be in this pretty, pretty mm-hmm. box. And in our household, we're, we're like octagons. Yeah. There's no boxes. But that's what I like you guys. You guys are, you guys are authentic. You know, you're it's not like sca- not AK was show. coming in here earlier and he was talking about the boys. And I was like, you know, we're a lot of things, mm-hmm. but honest and authentic is one. And I've yeah. tried and that doesn't necessarily go over well. Yeah. And we've talked about it. A lot mm-hmm. of people you know, don't like it. They don't like how the boys are. Yeah. And, and that's okay. Because yeah. that's okay. But it like takes you. everybody a time to get there. And if you're, I love what you're saying about you and Jessica being just okay with yeah. how your family is and not how the yeah. outside world perceives yeah. you. Because if you're constantly trying as a newlywed yeah. couple, trying to fit in this mold, yeah. then that's not going to be a great step for your yeah. marriage. Yeah, yeah. God can't bless who you pretend to be. So, like, if I'm trying to be something that I'm not, I might be able to get away with it temporarily. But over time, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna crush me, right? Over time, I'm not gonna be able to to keep up that that facade. And so, I think just having to understand, like, hey, people are different. And even like one thing I've started to understand too is that, like, as I said in the beginning, your perception is not always reality. Like, I might have learned some innate things from my parents because of how they, like, you know, their relationship doesn't necessarily mean that was right. And that's something that a lot of people understand too, like. You might have picked up some habits from your parents, and just because it was normal for you doesn't mean that it's necessarily the right thing to the do. Right and so, even with marriage, like if that's something that's been big is like understand, like being okay with that. You know what? I'm, my parents might have always done this things this way, or my life has always been this way. But I now have to like look back at it and say, okay, you know what? What was serving? Not even necessarily right or wrong. My parents might have taught me something, and in that season, it was right. But now that no longer applies, you know. And so, I, I think sometimes too, people don't upgrade their hardware. You know, if the iPhone, if the iPhone upgrades every six months or whatever, every year, why can't we upgrade our thinking? And that's what I think that, and I think that pride is the root of a lot of our issues, whether it's racism, whether it's this law, that law, people are just so fixed on what they know and what their reality is that they're unwilling to look at the joint mindset of people or they're unwilling to look at society as a whole or people as a whole and say, you know what, like what I've been doing might've worked in this season. It's okay. That doesn't work now. It's going to require me to change myself. And I'm okay with change, but most people aren't okay with change. You know, I see it as such a, yeah, I see that a lot, especially in wellness with mm-hmm. nutrition. People yeah. are like, I'm never yeah. eating yeah. dairy for me. <laughs> and then when it comes to like going back to their health, mm-hmm. they're like, crap, like I really need to incorporate some protein. Yeah. They have a full blown meltdown yeah. of an identity crisis mm-hmm. because they thought this is how I'm supposed to be all along. But that was 
Jerry's like my cat over here. But, you know, I see that, that we're so scared to change and evolve. Yeah. And as far as, you know, parents in a, in a relationship, yeah. I change and evolve all the time. I guess. Yeah. And I also take the time to say, hey, I didn't handle that correctly. Yes, yes. You know, I go back and say, I, I did not mm. handle that correctly. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that that it, it was just a moment. I'm not going to say like, yeah. oh, you're so stupid. You can't yeah. get it together. I'm just going to go and try to repair. And yeah. I think that's where a lot of people struggle. And I don't know if you see this, especially with men. I was going to ask oh. you about mental health with yes. men. Yes. It's like coming back, even if you... And AK's in Newlywed too, but I'm sure you've learned mm-hmm. some things along the way. Yeah. And I think that not, I shouldn't say two, Tyler and I are not Newlyweds, but I was yeah. like saying as well. Yeah. <laughs> We're way past Newlyweds. <laughs> but I think a lot of times we don't go back and own what we've done. And yeah. I've screwed up so yeah. many times that I'm like, dude, I, kids taught me this. Yeah. Like, and I think a lot of times we're afraid, especially with children. Yeah, yeah. Like you were saying earlier to... To say, man, I'm sorry, because then it looks like you're not the big yeah. bad false guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you see that a lot with mental health with yeah. men? Because you train and you fight with them, you yeah. work a lot with men. Yeah, I would say too, what you just said is really important because sometimes like parents are so focused on parent being parents, they forget to be human. Right. You know, and it's, and it's like, and I and I think that because you you might like whatever for whatever reason you might not want to say you're wrong, but you're also you're teaching your kids something indirectly. You know, and one thing that like you have to understand that no one's always right. And people are always messing up. And it's never too late to apologize. Like, I feel like even like me, I've struggled to apologize before in the past. And it's just like, when you hold on to that stuff, man, not only are you not setting yourself free, but you're also holding someone else back. And I feel like as men, like, men, if you have some men right now, text any man, text five guys on your phone. Hey, what's up, bro? How you doing? I'm good, though. How are you I'm doing? good. I'm great. How are you? You know? Awesome. And um, shoot, it was actually just last night. We had a Bible study group. They're like, oh, okay, how you doing? I was like, I'm fine. And I was like, you really mm-hmm. fine. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm not fine, you guys. It's like. You can't, like, I can't tell you, stay strong, bro. Because if I tell you to stay strong, I mean, I'm also telling you that it's not normal for you to be weak. And we have to be allowed to be weak. Like, and that's why I keep saying, like, men need to provide, men and women, we need to provide safe spaces for people to not be 100% or safe space for people to not be perfect. Like, it has to be okay to make mistakes. And I feel like with men sometimes, like, we're so focused on one-upping each other and we're so focused on the world not knowing. Like, we want to be this impenetrable force. You know, but if you're always the provider, the caretaker, or yeah. the you can't ever have a moment. You can't, right? yeah, you can't have a moment. And I and I just feel like, especially, and I, and I have some good friends who are who are good at being vulnerable. But I honestly feel like vulnerability is a key to changing the world. I do too. Because if I can be vulnerable with you, and I can be open, like vulnerable, like I'm every situation I've been in, whenever I'm vulnerable, good things always happen. Like it might always. not be good at first, and it might be like a little bit fighting and sad. But I'm telling you, good things always happen. And when a man sees, like, let's say if I'm talking to you. And like I start getting emotional, I start crying. There's a 50% chance that guy will start crying too. Just because it's like, yes. oh, oh my God, like he's crying. It's okay. Like I can do that. It's not just reserved for women. No, like as men, we need to be vulnerable. We need to be okay with letting people in because life is way too hard for anyone to try to do it on their own. It absolutely is. I, I read a study that was out of Harvard and it was saying the number one predictor of negative health mm-hmm. was no relationships. Yeah. Absolutely. So not being in a community. Which is why COVID was so bad. Oh, COVID was terrible. Mm -hmm. That's why I spoke out about it in different groups because I saw what it did to my children. Mm -hmm. It was terrible. Yeah. Um, And I saw what it did to my clients too. Health-wise, it it was terrible. But I do see that a lot with men. And I I think what you're doing 
with young men mm-hmm. is so important yeah. because they can see that it's okay to have emotions. Yeah. Yep. It's okay to come in the gym and yeah. be really screwed up that day yes. or just having a bad moment. Mm-hmm. And when I said earlier, when I was introducing AK, that they don't just work on your physical health, yeah. but the mind, body, and soul. Yeah. There's not many people out there that really encompass all yeah. of that. I also think you're not afraid to talk about your faith. Yeah, not with, at all. Not with at all. I like yeah. a lot. Um, so tell me about your journey with your faith and how yeah. you have incorporated that into what you're doing. And, yeah. and like you said earlier about a vision, yeah. how does that make you stronger and more, you know, just, I guess, just more balanced mm-hmm. and always say just grounded. I think yeah. having a faith makes you grounded. Yeah, yeah, because um, God is my anchor, you know, and life, if I put my, my if I put my trust in money, there's some days I'm looking at the bank, I'm like, oh, snap, things aren't going good, <laughs> <That's> right? <my laughs> <head. laughs> and there's sometimes that things are, you, you have to put your, your, the reason why something's an anchor is because it won't move, right? And God is unshakable. And for me, like, so obviously I grew up Christian faith, Nigerians huge on me. Like, I feel like even in Africa. What is the Nigerian faith? Yeah, so so it just depends. So Yoruba people yeah. tend to be Christian, but there's also a lot of Muslims. So there's a lot okay. of Christians and a lot of Muslims. Okay. Um, I will say, I feel like faith in other countries, I feel like, especially in the South, like, because Oh, yeah. Welcome One thing to the I didn't South. Know, I didn't know Florida wasn't the South. Like, I thought Florida No, Florida was, is not the South. Growing up in Florida, like, I thought, okay, South Carolina, Florida's in the South. Like, it's all the same thing. The South is different. I feel like a lot of people kind of, they're just religious because it's the norm. But when you go to other countries. It looks good, right? It looks, looks, it looks good. good on the resume. Mm-hmm. You know, it looks good to go to church. But honestly, like you're playing yourself. If you think you're just going to church, but you're not actually practicing the things of. Every day. Right. And honestly, I think the world has a big misconception on what it means to be a Christian. And we tend to make it real, like real religious and all about rules. And you have to do this. And if you do that, you're going to hell. And it's like so many people right. have such a big misunderstanding. And so growing up, like obviously. No grace. I want, no grace. And that's the biggest thing. Which I think is so. And yeah. Just. If you look in the book, of, if you look in the book of Galatians, it says that all the laws of God can be summed up as love your neighbor as you love, love yourself. Love your neighbor. Like at the end of the day, like not saying other things aren't important, but love people as you love yourself. And a lot of people don't love themselves, which is a whole nother topic. But I, what I would say is that, so I grew up in a religious household, right? My parents were, and my parents weren't like, they weren't like legalistic. My, my parents were like, like I just told you, like my, my parents were half hood, half holy. Like, like it was like a combination I, of this both. This is why I, love, I feel like that's too. That's how, that's yeah. how the God roll. Yeah. And so, um, so like obviously it's like, you know, I went to church. You know, my parents always woke me up went to church. But like I kind of was just doing it because like, I mean, there were definitely times where I felt like, hey, you know, I'm praying to God. But like at the end of the day, like I thought I was religious and then I went to college. I didn't go to church for four years. And so I realized that it was just something I was doing because my parents were making me, you know. And, and so it wasn't until. It was Is Furman not as. Like, did you not encounter a lot of religious beliefs no. there? Is it more okay? Yeah, I um, mean, you, people talk about. I mean, a lot of people talk about God, but not a lot of a lot of. Okay, the way people talk about God and the way people's actions simulate God is always different. And so, what happened? I don't remember exactly. It might have been 2018, 2019, but like, I don't know exactly what happened. But I basically started getting around a group of men. I was after college, so I get around okay. a group of men who like. It's just regular for them to talk about God. Like, even, like, when I was at Furman, like, it wasn't regular for someone to talk about God. Like, maybe someone's mom had cancer. We all prayed. But, like, right, it wasn't, right. like, a normal thing. And when I started getting—your environment is so important. When I started getting around men who spoke about God in a loving way and also spoke about their wives in a loving way and they weren't, like, on the college scene just cheating and doing all kinds of stuff, it influenced me, right? Because an environment will always shift an individual before an individual shifts an environment. And so when I just thought, like, man, you know what? I remember some of these stories. I remember reading this in the Bible. I remember that. And it kind of brought me back to my childhood. And I was like, you know what? 
I need to get back and study God for me, not for anybody else. And so I first, I didn't really start off with just reading the Bible. Like I would do some devotions or I would read some books that talked about faith. And it wasn't until 20, I honestly, maybe it was 2019 that I really, really started to get back in my faith. And things just kind of, I heard a pastor once say, the best year of your life spiritually will be the best year of your life. And when that happened, when I had the best year of my life spiritually, by me just pursuing Christ, my life just completely changed. Like I was able to have that vision. I was able to start being more in tune with my spiritual self and not just what was happening around me. And ever since then, like I've been a big advocate. Like I'm not necessarily going ahead and like preaching sermons on people. That's why you know? I love you. And yeah. that's how I feel like mm-hmm. that's how I was raised too, that you, that you show your faith. Um, and how you are. Yes. And that doesn't mean that you don't screw up. Yeah, that doesn't course. mean that there's not days that I of yell course. at the mailman, mm-hmm. you know, and that doesn't mean like I'm going to hell. Yeah. I, I don't think that means the mailman <laughs> does. Yeah. But I, that's what I love because yeah. it's how you, it's your energy. Yeah. It's yeah. your energy and how you live and your how character. you love. And I like what you said about, I'm going back a little bit about when you're around other men mm-hmm. that talk positively yes. about their wives. Yes. I see this as a big trend in mm. males in general that it's like this wife bashing all the time. And I'm not saying the wives are yeah, innocent. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. saying in marriages in general, mm-hmm. it's like I've seen women do it. It's like everybody's bashing mm-hmm. each other. And then I, I wonder, you know, I feel like a male in the marriage should, you know, speak positively yeah. of his wife. Yeah. And you see, like you said, it's like always like, hey, did you see this chick or did you mm. see that? Or it's so interesting. Yeah that and how that can be brought back into your faith. And some of the people who are sitting in the front row every week yeah. are the ones that are doing it. So yeah. I think that's where I get a little frustrated mm-hmm. with the Southern yeah. mentality yeah. sometimes. It's because it's just, it's just like, I want to say it's a cool thing to do, but it's just, it's just what people it's do. Pretty box, it, people right? do it empty hearted. Like there's nothing mm-hmm. like, there's nothing holy about what they do. Like if I'm, if I'm preaching on Sunday, even past, you see what pastors, I mean, there's people who are preaching on, there's people, there's pastors who are more concerned with the church than they are their family. You yep. know, and what the Bible says is that the, the man is the head, but the wife is a crown, right? And when you wear your crown, you don't throw your crown. You don't throw your crown on the ground, right? You you honor that. And obviously, like, yeah, there's some times where things are going on, and maybe I need to talk to my friends, and maybe Absolutely, my wife, maybe my wife did something. But, but bashing your wife right. and talking about an issue you have is two completely different two things. Two different things. And you know, and honestly, like, if you're around ten women who bash their husband, you're gonna be the eleventh. Not necessarily because like you, not necessarily because you're a bad, but like that's just the environment that you're in, you know. And like maybe they'll say some stuff that is true that you, like, my husband does that too. But because of how their tone is and how they're talking about it, it's gonna make you say things in a way. Like I've even had times where like maybe I was talking to a guy and we're having like some bro talk, uh-huh. and I find myself about to talk in a way. I'm like, mm, I'm like, don't do it. I'm like, no. And it's not necessarily like because like. You but feel it's, that just, way. it's just the environment. It's just the environment, you know. And so, just the people you're around. I think we've gotten like, that way as the whole. And yeah. You know that that you just focus on. Listen, if Tyler sat around all day and focused on all, we all have flaws. If yeah. you focus just on my flaws, oh, I think I'm really awesome. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> I always tell that. But okay, let's say if you focus on every little bit that's mm-hmm. not, you know, whatever, then he wouldn't be happy in yeah. the relationship. The same thing if I did. For, same thing yeah. I do with my children. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like you said earlier, and I say this all along, I think we put adult expectations on our children. Yeah. As far as like school, academic, all of that is all these adult expectations yeah. that these children 
can't even yeah. they're not adults their they're brains, still their children i'm like level. when do we come where like children can't be children yeah. anymore it's just it's just it's, it's more and i show this shows more of our heart it's not like we just can't see past our own thoughts and past our own expectations we have to understand the world don't work for us mm-hmm. right it's a it's an agglomeration of other people's struggles and the success that makes the world go around right it can't always be what i think it can't always be and that, that's one of the biggest things that's been for me because my parents i grew up in a house where they were always right yeah and maybe that was necessary for a time but you innately learn that, you know, and I don't necessarily, and I love my parents and there's a lot of things that I wouldn't change, you know, but again, like if you don't pause and make an intentional decision, you'll just do the things that are default around you. So I, right, so purposely putting yourself in good environments, purposely having friends who respect themselves or respect their wives, like everything you do, if you, basically, if you don't plan to succeed, you'll fail an accident. Absolutely. And as far as wellness, going back to that mm-hmm. with children a little bit, do you find that when you work with children, yeah. do you find that they're overtraining? Like, do you find yeah. that they're more so overtraining or they're not doing simplistic training? It's like, you know, yeah. that's probably not yeah. the clearest no, that's a, question. No, it's a, a great question. It's a great question. I um, did have a couple people ask me that. They're like, will you ask him? Like, <laughs> what? And I'm like, sure. Yeah. Sure, I'll ask. Um, okay. So more is not always better. Um, that's even one thing I talked to Preston about a lot. And more is not better. <laughs> For those um, of you who know Preston, yeah. you know. Sport, so that. sports training is very scientific. And unfortunately, like, sports training kind of falls into just this training world where there's a lot of – it's almost like real estate. There's a lot of people in this industry, but not a lot of people are qualified, you they know. Are. And um, I'm not necessarily going to go over all my degrees and stuff like that, but I'm pretty qualified to do, like, what I do. And it's just unfortunate because, like, okay, for instance, like, you don't necessarily have to go get an exercise physiology degree to know how to bench press. And because of that ignorance, a lot of people think they – they, they just think they know what they're doing. But when it comes to sports science, one, it just it depends on their sport. It depends. Well, first, you take into account who the person is, right? Even with kids. Like, I might be 14, this other kid's 14, but we can have completely different anatomies. You know, we can be right. at completely different levels. And so I do notice that people tend to do too much. So one of the things that is really, that the science shows is that playing one sport all year round will do more harm to your body. And I'll make it real simple. Basically, Oh, I just had that question. People <laughs> argue with me on this all yeah. the yeah. time. I spend a lot of time stopping parents from like, from, from doing too much. And at the end of the day, like, I mean, I, I can't come, a parent's going to do what they're going to do, you know? And I, I don't get frustrated over that. Cause I yeah. just give my advice. It's like you, you say, you it's your life. You can yeah. live how you want to. And yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll celebrate you, whatever happens. Yeah. But just when you just, so too many, I'm, I'm trying to make it simple as possible, but basically too much repetitive movement of the same thing, will overuse that muscle, right? People right. don't understand that sports, the sports that we have today is not, na- it's, I don't want to say it's not natural, but well, the, the, not mo- really how the, the movement patterns, even yeah. you look at baseball and Tommy John, the way people Absolutely. throw. So when you just do that over and over and over again, you, your body won't heal. Just like in your car, right? If I drive my car through a bumpy terrain, I hit pothole, I hit pothole, and I hit pothole, but I never take the time to take it to the mechanic or to take it to the shop or to clean it, it's going to wear down. Well, when I talk to kids a lot of times, like, dude, think about, well, most of them don't drive. So sometimes it goes over their head. But think of this, think of your body as a car and sports as a terrain or basically the wearing down of your body. Think of weight training as a maintenance, right? It's never going to hurt anybody to get stronger. Like I had a kid this year, well, Preston, Preston trained all season round. So, yep. and I would say that, and you can, you can testify this, Preston had one of his best years in baseball. Yep. Right. And a big reason to that is because he was training in season, Right. When I just tra- when I just do my sport, do my do sport, do my sport, and I don't take time to maintain my body because sports training is more than just getting bigger and getting stronger, right? It's protecting the joints. It's it's all kinds of science. But my kids who train in season, they all tend to have their best years at that moment. But my kids who stop and then come back, they tend to be way weaker. Well, it keeps them mobile. Like just the other day, Crane walked no. in and he's got 
some issues with his knees mm-hmm. going on and his ankles. It's just he's growing. It's yeah. the red plates. Mm-hmm. And so I told him, I was like, all right, well, when you see AK on Friday or Parker or whichever, like tell them yeah. about it because it's that mobility that y'all yes. work with them. So I'm a big advocate of like, let's, let's like work on that yes. before it gets so to a point yeah. that you're hurting so yeah. bad. Um, and I see that I, I go, what's, what's hard for me too is I want, if my kids said, hey, mom, I don't want to do any of those mm. sports, it'd be a different story. But I always encourage them to do yeah. as many as they want. Where the problem comes in is like, if you want to play football and baseball, oh. you're missing baseball here, yeah. you're missing football here. So it's almost like we live in this environment now yeah. that it makes it so hard yeah. for these kids to play multiple sports. Yeah. Or, or you get left behind in the other because yeah. you're playing this one, yeah. Yeah. which is hard. Yeah. It's hard for the kids. Yeah. Yeah. It, no, it's definitely tough. And, and again, like with all this comparison, go to this tryout and go to this camp and then go to this showcase. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's just never enough. I feel bad for parents. I'm like, dude, like. I can't wait till AI can help you guys drive these kids to different sporting events because parents are on the road sacrificing a lot. That's one thing too. Like I try to tell my kids, cause we have a lot of fun, but the one thing I won't stand is like if a kid's half-assed in his workouts, I'm like, dude, like this is not about me. Like I'm, yeah. dude, I'm paid. I'm paid. Like, so this is not necessarily, like, I'm fine either way, but you have to honor your parents and not just by like, like saying yes, mom, yes, mom. But like, dude, they're paying for you to be here, dude. Like they're paying for you to be here. And you're just bullshitting the whole time. Like you right. have to make sure you take this seriously. And sometimes like, and that that's probably like when I get on kids the most, like when they're not taking it seriously, not because of my time, like, but because of what their parents are doing for them and honoring your parents and showing appreciation is more than saying thank you. Right. It's appreciation is an action. Sorry is an action. And so a lot of times just trying to get these kids to focus. And I, we have great kids. We don't really have any issues. Like when I first started, I was just taking anybody from the streets. Like I had a lot of issues, but now like, you know, we have, we have, we have a lot. We have, I'm like, Oh, you're a kid. Come train with us. <laughs> you go train with me. You look like you need to train. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, just, you know, to answer your question, sometimes more is not better, right? And so, what I always encourage parents is that, like, your kid can definitely play your sports. Like, they can definitely play their sports. But I always say that you need to be constantly weight training. And I always say you need to, I personally feel, and again, everyone's different and not everyone needs to live by this. But this is just how I would optimize training. You need to have at least three months where you're not playing that sport. Right. Now, if you're if you're going catching practice or you have right, some skills, right. where you're but, not like in the game. But and not to mention like your brain has to rest. Like if I'm always in season, I'm always got a game, I got a game, I got a game. Like you're like you're just squeezing your brain. Your brain never gets to relax, and you're also teaching yourself the habit of I don't need to rest. And that's one of my biggest issues. Like sometimes oh, like, I just, I forget to rest. Like I'll go, I'll go, I'll get to work at five. I hate resting though. It's yeah. so awful. It's, it's because, a really challenge for me. And it's not because it's not good. It's because it's not normal. Because our society is move, 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 and move. I, and I respond to move, move, move. It's like yeah. my happy place. Yeah. The yeah. rest, yeah. I'm like, good, good. <laughs> What's next? What's next? What's next? It's like while cold punching and mm-hmm. sawning is yes. like hard for me because I have to sit there. I have yep. to make time for it. And yep. I have to sit there. Yeah. This also makes me like so <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really good for you. But yeah, just taking so I would say strength training should be year round. I'm not just saying that because I strength train people, but strength training should be year round because it's never gonna hurt you to be stronger, it's never gonna hurt you to be more athletic. I heard that the other day too. It was, it was a baseball coach mm-hmm. or I don't know. He said instead of doing all these showcases, yeah. you kids need to sit, hit the gym a little bit yeah. and then go to them because they're just not as strong. So you're wasting your time yes. when you could be better. And like we said earlier, that might not happen until you're 16. Yeah, yeah. That's another thing, too. So many people are so focused on it now that they're actually not. I mean, if I know that, hey, 16 to 18 years old is the best chance for me to get a scholarship or for me to get my opportunity, well, I should probably spend these years preparing my body for it, yeah. right? Like, I mean, everything, like, again, it's not. If that's your goal. Yeah, if, that, if that's your goal. And so preparing my body, preparing my mind. The thing I love about strength training, too, there's no bias, like, 
even if, someone, if a kid comes in and he's like, oh, I'm, I'm hurt or this is hurting, I can easily, because of our acumen, I can easily change the workout. Like a lot of parents think that, oh, every time my son comes in, you're just going to beat him up. Nah, dude, if you come in and like, we have in-season protocol. Unless you ask like me. Right? All right. And I do have some parents up like, dude, whoop him. And I'm like, okay, do you want me to bring a belt? And they're like, no, no, no. You technically do that to, to <laughs> Preston, somebody else. I can't remember. Oh, I will. I'll actually do yeah. remember. I'll, I'll leave his name. Because <laughs> if his dad's listening, I don't know. But we were both like, um, they missed the school. And sometimes we do have that. And so that's one thing I like too, because to me, it's more than just the sports training. Like, if you get in trouble in school, I mean, I've had kids clean the gym, like clean yep. the whole gym. Like, dude, like, you're not training today. Like, you have to understand it's a responsibility. Like, if you're going to, because there's a lot of kids who don't have this opportunity, right? A lot of kids' parents don't have the money. And a lot of kids have parents who have the money, but they don't care, right? And so it's a responsibility. If you want to be an athlete, it's a responsibility. And with that comes you getting good grades, right? If I have a kid who's getting bad grades and they're coming to, I'm going to talk to you about it. You know, if you're getting in trouble, you're smoking weed, whatever, like, I encourage parents to let me know exactly what's going on. So that way I can give them a talk, you know, and I can talk to them. And again, like, just like you said, like sometimes when the parents talk to them, like they don't receive it the same way, yep. but I like to be an enforcer of the parents. And I'm not just going to copy what a parent says just to copy them. Like, right. but if it's something I also believe wholeheartedly, right. and again, I'll never stand against a parent. Like if a kid's parent says this, I'm not going to be like, oh, well, your parents are wrong. Cause I'm not trying to call the divide in the home. That's the worst thing to do. But if it's something that we are in alignment with, I will reemphasize that purpose and just try to get them to understand that your parents aren't just picking on you or the parents are not just being hard on you. Your parents are trying to teach you something that you're not receiving and you might not understand it now, but one day when you become a parent and one day when you become a young man or young girl, those lessons will resonate with you even more. No, there's so many times you think back, you do that, you think back and you're like, oh, I totally get it. A lot of people, so I'll tell you, I grew up different. Like my, (laughs) growing up, my dad was military. He's also African. He's also foreign. Like, so be very disciplined. I mean, my dad, every Sunday before church, we're running three, five, six, seven, eight miles. And it's not leisure. It's not like, oh, yeah, I'm just going on run with my dad. I mean, my dad had the stick. My dad was, I mean, dude, if you were too slow. And again, like when I was a kid, I was like, dude, I don't get it. And also it was good because I was faster than my brothers, even though they're bigger than me. So all I had to do was outrun them. But like at the time, I didn't necessarily enjoy it. But as I became an adult, I was like, dude, I, like, it just, it helps so much. And that's a lot of things for kids. Like their, their view is so narrow-minded. And you as a parent, you have so much depth. that You forget that you couldn't always see what you can see. And as I became an adult, like, I really appreciate, like, a lot of like, I'm, I'm not thinking about the dad. I'm not thinking about the time my dad whooped me and the time I got in trouble. I'm thinking about, dang, dude, like, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be prepared to do what I'm doing right now. It's so funny. I, I, we grew up very similar, like, where my dad was, mm-hmm. he, we had to run. We had yeah. to race each other, the mm-hmm. loser. And, and we were all so competitive yeah. Yeah. with each other. And it was, like, you were doing, like, karaoke. Like, it was yeah. all this stuff. And I mean, and we have two girls in the family yeah. too, and we were treated the exact same. 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 Yeah. But it makes me, as a mom, yeah. especially of boys, like I look back at some of the stuff my dad did, and I'm like, I totally understand mm-hmm. where he's coming. It mm-hmm. might have like, what all of our friends were playing, we were like working or yeah. like working out. Yeah. Like yeah. I used to always have to be the bat girl yeah. Yeah. that stood in the batter's box, yeah. and I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna get killed. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but it makes you into somebody that you are today. Yeah. And I think it's hard for kids to see that, but yeah. boy, I look back all the time and say, Oh yeah. wow. That time yeah. prepared. Like I think too, just being real, like you yeah. said, authentic. Mm-hmm. And, and as a parent, if anybody's listening to this too, that is a parent. I think it's just important to be real and to be yeah. who you are yeah. with your children. Yeah. It's not worrying about keeping up with the Joneses. And I think there's so much comparison with, par- with parents yeah. among their children like comparing yeah. their children yeah it's a uh, it's apparent people don't realize like 
kids are very observant. And even so they don't say anything. Observant. And if you act one way out there and then come back in the home, like not only are your kids seeing you, but you're also teaching them that it's it's normal to be fake. And it's it's good to keep secret. Like it's it's just it's just it compiles into something that you don't intend for it to be. And obviously there's some things that are kept in the house. Like I'm not saying that everything Absolutely. you do is Absolutely. You want to air all your yeah. dirty laundry. But, but. but your character shouldn't be a 180 when you're inside the house versus outside the house. You know, it, it, sh- it should be very similar and you should be walking that same line. Well, I, I, yeah, I totally agree. And that kids are super observant. Yeah. They see you. They see yeah. you. They yeah. might not say it out loud. Yeah. I have children that say it out loud. Yeah. They're like, mom, can you Man. please not do that? Dude. I'm like, when did I get to be so dumb and yeah. so embarrassing? Yeah. I guess when they had teenagers. Man, I, pro- I swear, happened. Preston has like a photograph. I mean, if I promise Preston something. Oh, he has a photograph. And I don't right? tell him. He's like, hey, no, 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 no. Tuesday at 627. You, you told me this. Yeah, welcome to being his mom. I'm just like, oh. I'm like, we said what? And meanwhile, Crane's like, what we doing? And then Red's just like this third boy that's just whatever. But yeah, Preston has... An incredible photograph yeah. of memory. Yeah, yeah. And I, like I don't understand how he keeps up with that. I, I wish like, I had it. I like me. I, like I said, like I like authentic people. Like they're not always gonna do the right thing, but they I, are. I'd rather you be real and I know where we stand mm-hmm. than for there to be some type of like kind of like unknown tension. Or you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I just like, dude, if you hate me, cool, dude. Like I know exactly how to respond. <laughs> I know how you feel. If you're, if you're mad about this, if you're happy about this, like even like. If I'm being authentic and both you and I both disagree, I'd rather us disagree and understand that we both disagree than for than for us to be passive aggressive. Well, and to be- and I don't understand. I think a lot of this too. I grew up with an older brother, so I almost have more male tendency yeah. with how I handle things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took me a while, and it takes me a while now. Like sometimes I'll get mad about something and kind of like lose my temper and like yeah. say what I'm going to say, yeah. and then I'm like, oh, we're over it. I'm yeah. not like being mean or anything. Yeah. I'm just saying to you how I feel. Yeah. But then nobody else gets over it i'm like oh yeah. we're not communicating here yeah. I, okay sorry i'll just pretend from now yeah. on I've had i have a hard time with that yeah. i really do it's something i have to work on i've too. had times where like i'm like dude like i'll talk to someone like dude you're so mad about that from three weeks ago I'm like, why are you saying like, like, why are you pouting over you should just told me we could like hash it out but like now it's three <laughs> weeks it's festered it's worse like what i know i i'm like the type of person that gets that and then they'll be like oh, but you're over that i'm like yeah. i do get over things rather quickly mm-hmm. but unless i don't then i just don't then I just remember myself, yeah. mm-hmm. um, which is also a really good trait for, for children to learn. But yep. all right, before we end, because I could talk to you for hours yes. and AK's going to come back on. Yes, most definitely. He's going to come back on because we, <laughs> we have so much to talk about, yes. but tell me if you could tell, you could, you could say a couple things yeah. of how to encourage someone to live, you know, in a healthy, happy, loving lifestyle. Mm. What would you suggest? I would say. How would you wish them health, love, and happiness? Yeah, um, you have to have peace for peace with yourself before you can have peace with other men. Like you know, if if you're not comfortable in your own skin and you're not acting within your own character, you're gonna be you're gonna be mad a lot. You're gonna be disappointed a lot. I, I would say like get to know your authentic self. Like even if it's a flaw, let's say if you're if you got anger problems or whatever. Okay, like, I'm not saying stay there, right? but you have to be able to recognize that self, stuff about yourself because if you don't recognize yourself, you're gonna be lost. And so like I, I tend to be pretty. I, I encourage people to do a deep study dive about themselves. Know what makes you tick. Know what makes you happy. Know your love language. There's a bunch of people, I know in some books have come out to debunk that, but like there's some people who don't even know like what makes them feel loved, you know, and just understand that. Like for me, for instance, like I didn't understand that one of my love languages is quality time. And so like, I never used to understand like why like, some of my exes, like we'd be watching a movie and they're on their phone and like, it would just piss me off. Like I, I didn't, I didn't know necessarily and, like to them it's not a big deal, but like I'm just like, okay, you know what? Hey, like, I know that about myself. 
So therefore, now I can ask for things like, hey, babe, like, when we want, can we watch this movie? Can we just focus on ourselves? Can we put our phone up? Right? Knowing about myself to prevent myself from running into myself, that makes sense. And like knowing how I am, like let's say, for instance, like I had a very promiscuous past, right? So what I don't do is hang out with a bunch of single people. What I don't do is go to the club but because I know that about myself. It doesn't mean that, oh, just because I went somewhere, I'm automatically going to do this. But why, if you, you can't put your hand on a hot stove and be surprised you got burned. Absolutely. Right. And so I just always say control your environment. Yeah. And so just understanding about just understanding those things about yourself, I think will really help you put yourself in better situations to succeed. I think that's so beautiful. Everything you say is, is so on point, AK. I appreciate that. We love you so much. And um tell people where to find you yes. if they're interested in training and tell them about maybe the new location. Uh, we'll keep the new here? location under wraps. Okay, we're going to say the new location. It's not <laughs> outside. Yeah, Just yeah, kidding. Go yeah. to the one location. Right, no, we don't, I don't want to jinx myself. But um, but I'm sure it will happen by God's grace at the right time. Um, so if you want to find me on social media, uh, my Instagram is akthelimitlifter. Akthelimitlifter. I'll put and, it all in the next Yeah, too. And then... Um, I say Facebook, but it's really it's really mostly are Instagram. Using Facebook, so I try to so put stuff I, on Facebook. I just, I'm like, are we doing Facebook stuff? I don't really do Facebook, but I hired a social media manager who's oh, who's been yeah. He just started a group for me, and that's honestly that's been so helpful because like you can only do life. I can't stand social media. You can only do what it's you can terrible. do. And one of the concepts I learned from business is that like you have to outsource the things that you're not. You should only spend you should spend your time doing what you're good at. Right, I'm not ignoring the other stuff, but like I just outsource what someone else can do better than me. Absolutely. And so I'm mostly on Instagram, AK the Limit Lifter, um, and then we're also on my website, limitlifters.com, limitlifters.com. You can Google best training facility for kids in Greenville, and yep, we'll yep. pop up. Um, but our actual gym location is a uh, Catalyst Gym, which is on Lawrence Road, so it's 600 Lawrence Road, and uh, we also have a bunch of different partner um, businesses around us from like the Recovery Suite. And different places that basically make training a more holistic picture, right? So not only not, not only your training, um, which will take care of your physical training, your mental preparation, also with our curriculum, but the recovery suite is great because after training, you can just walk over, get yourself some new calm, get yourself some chirotherapy, some sauna. And so if you find us on our website or if you just find me on Instagram, we'll be able to give you all that information. Just don't show up at my house. My wife will be mad. <laughs> my children show up at <laughs> they, they do. They do. And they came in like... <laughs> Dude, it was so funny. Like, <laughs> Crane was like, is this a house? I'm like, dude, it's a townhouse. He's like, so is that the same thing as a house? And I said, yes, dude. Stop making me feel insignificant. <laughs> deep thoughts by Crane. He was like, where's your yard? I'm like, this is my yard. He's like, that's a yard? I'm like, yes, dude. Get out my house. Leave me alone. <laughs> you should remember. We, used to, we had to live in an apartment where we redid our house. But that's, that's deep thoughts by Crane. Yeah. That's, what, that's what we call him, deep thoughts. He's yeah. like, huh? Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> We love them. We love them. But yeah, well, we love you and thank you for joining us. And I will have AK back. Yes. Maybe we'll bring Jess on here and do some like love language stuff and all sort of wonderful stuff. We'll get Parker on too. Thank you. Thank you for, yeah, Parker, Parker definitely be a good too. So thank you for having us. Um, We enjoyed it and uh, looking forward to the next one. All righty. Bye guys.